So this week I'm talking to a career coach. You got any coaching advice for anyone? <laughs> the only coaching advice I have is don't take any coaching advice from me. <laughs> <laughs> Clegg, and this is the Inner Alchemy Podcast. Join me in conversations with some of my favorite healers and helpers as we explore all the ways we can restore balance within ourselves. The world heals one person at a time, and the healing starts now. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. This week, we're going to be talking about the healing power of career coaching, and I'm going to be talking to my friend Maureen Sweatman. Maureen is a certified career and life coach with 15 years experience. Her purpose work is to coach individuals and teams in the process of discovering and growing their strengths and unleashing their potential for living a life full of joy and purpose while driving results that matter. She specializes in providing high-impact one-to-one coaching and facilitating workshops on strength assessment, skills gap analysis, emotional agility, and navigating life and career transitions. Hi, welcome. We're so glad to have you on the show today. Hi, thanks, Becca, for having me. No problem. So let's just start with you. What brought you into your role as a career coach? Well, um, actually, it's interesting Uh, to start there, because it's actually my own healing journey that brought me Mm -hmm. to being a career coach. Um, I have a background of working in higher education and uh, kind of had that aha moment at a transition point about five, six years ago that I'd really been doing this work all along, but wasn't being called that or wasn't really focusing on that. Like it was the running joke of staff and students would come into our office and say, you really need a couch in here. Like we need to talk. Uh-huh. <laughs> so sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, you know, or can you help me my resume or can you help me think through this? Um, I also have a master's of divinity. So going through that um, spiritual vocation process, people just found me and, and wanted to connect with me and ask those kind of questions. So, yeah. so that's really what, um, led me. So me working through my own stuff and my own healing. So it took me a while to figure out what to name it and how to focus on it. Um, sure. but, but that journey really, um, kind of helped me see that I'd been that all along and kind of yeah. that invitation to step into that fully. I love that. And so many people I talk to when they talk about how they found their calling, it has to do with their own path, which is great because I think if we walk the path before we get to the place where we're mentoring others, it just, there's that connectedness that you can't have otherwise. Um, And you talk about your healing. And I think that's really important for people to know because I think, well, this is my bias, but I think sometimes when people think of career, they think of that separate from healing. And why do you think it's healing for people when they take time to focus on a career that they feel fulfilled by? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, I focus on and work with um, individuals on alignment, alignment. So strengths, values, interests, personality in alignment with their career and their life and really taking a holistic approach as a career as a piece of life. Um, and that equals fulfillment, but, you know, culture has so, um, particularly here in the U S 
focused on capital C career, you have to find the right one or like you're failing at life. <laughs> and mm, so, so there, there is this disconnect when the pain point really is because we're not often in alignment. Uh, and that word is, it means so much to so many different people, but you know, you bring up a really good point. It's a part of our life and it's a massive part of our life. I, I can't recall where I heard this statistic, but it makes sense that of your sort of adult autonomous life, you know, when you're not having to like be a kid and follow everybody else's rules, the majority of your waking hours are spent doing your job. Um, and and yeah. if you think about it, yeah, five out of the seven days for most of us, um, for many of us, I should say. But I think, you know, that sums up that career probably should be included in all forms of healing on some level, because that's how we're spending our time on this earth. It's really absolutely. massive when you think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we also don't think about the spectrum that is around career, that career is a piece of a spectrum. So if you think from hobby to job to career to vocation, or what I like to call purpose work. So to break that down a little bit, hobby could be the things we enjoy, right? Gardening, volunteering, different things like that. Sometimes those evolve into jobs or careers, but the next piece on that spectrum is job. And that is... I do a specific thing someone hires me for, it pays the bills. And some people, they do that their whole working career because yeah. they do other things that meet that, that alignment, that healing need. Uh, a lot of us, and this is where the, the culture influence comes in, focus on capital C career, which is the next step. And that's more where we start to get into alignment. Um, and then vocation or purpose work, it's kind of where we're ultimately aligned, I believe. And sometimes that can be the same as career eventually once we sort mm -hmm. that out. And sometimes it's separate. So I think of purpose, work, or vocation as who we are. Mm -hmm. And it, sometimes often it takes us a process to get tapped into that. We don't know that at 18 when we go off to college. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know right? much. Yeah. We, we make all those choices with undeveloped brains that set you up. You wouldn't know anything here. about that, would you? Maureen and I happened to have yeah. met when we were freshmen in college. So I, I could I could attest yeah. to 18-year-old me knew nothing about career. Yeah, me neither, <laughs> so right? And it, yeah, and so um, that vocation, that purpose work is who you are, but we're in this process of figuring out who that is is and so that's where the alignment gets off a lot of my clients are what I call mid-career professionals they've been doing something 10 to 20 years and it's out of alignment with who they now know themselves to be oh wow yeah and you brought up yeah. a really valid point which is there are some people who do a job and are really content with that because they get their alignment elsewhere so, yeah, I guess what I hear you saying is not everybody has to find a meaningful career in order to be aligned. It's a absolutely is that what I hear. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert did a podcast for um, LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn has a podcast. Uh, Hello Monday, I think it's called. Um, but she did an episode where she talked about this spectrum that really got me thinking about this. And she talks about it a little bit differently. But she talked about how for years she had a job to pay the bills, whether that was waitressing or whatever. 
while she could focus on writing, which was ultimately her vocation, her purpose work, but it was a process to get there. And so there was a time in her life when she had the job and paid the bills and that was just fine. That like, that wasn't a pain point. It helped her do the things she ultimately wanted to do and who she was. Um, So I think we, you know, jobs get a bad rap. (laughs) Hobbies get a bad rap because again, culture has kind of, you know, really put upon us capital C career. So you can pay the bills and paying the bills are about the student loans plus all the stuff right? The stuff that we (laughs) pile up and then need to pay for. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's, I talk a lot about the being energy versus the the doing and how we are as a a culture so focused on doing. So the, the idea that you have to find your fulfillment in what you do, you know, it's the first thing somebody asks you when you're at a cocktail party, at least in this this country. But you know, when you go elsewhere, that's not the case. People aren't right. immediately meeting you saying, well, what do you do? You know, it's maybe the least interesting thing about you to other people. But in our culture, it tends to lead. And, you know, the being of a hobby, like just spending time doing something simply for the sake of doing it is, in my opinion, undervalued. And yet it can yeah. provide so much fulfillment. Yeah. You know, and these are yeah. all mindsets right? They're mindsets that our culture gives us that we may not even know we're operating from. So I wonder what mindset blocks do you see? You know, you work with tons of clients around this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the way I'm marketed out in the world is as a career and life coach, but really the, a lot of what we're doing is mindset work. Um, And mindset work as I understand it is about dealing with fear, right? If you really drill down. And so, that it's different for every person, but some common ones I see are people think they can't change course. Um, they can't pursue what really makes them happy. Um, they think that makes them selfish. Um, they're scared they'll fail. Um, you know, fear of the unknown, which is inherent in any change, any transition. Um, and we like to think we have control over those transitions when really we don't. Um, you know, (laughs) yeah. Um, I I posted on social media, uh, recently, um, this nugget a friend gave me years ago that I I love to, to think about myself, but also work with clients, um, that says we stay in hell because we know the names of the streets. So we get really Uh, comfortable even in our pain and our stuckness. Um, so, but then something comes along again, that's outside of our control, that awful boss or the layoff or that it just gets too painful to breathe and I'm going to make a change. Right. And then we have to do something about it, which requires us to face whatever this fear is. Um, and usually if you drill down past even deeper, those common blocks, um, it's usually about worth, um, our, our culture, again, to bring that piece back in, um, and even the human brain to a certain degree, the primitive part of our brain has tricked us into believing we have to prove our worth instead of believing that our worth is inherent. And so when you really drill down, like that's really the heart of the mindset work, but it plays out in all these different ways because we have all these layers of our identities that we've you know layered on top that we then have to work through. Well, and I love that you bring that up because one of the one of my hopes that this podcast can do is help people think outside the box around healing. And you know, 
I know this as a therapist, there are plenty of people, there's a huge portion of our population that have a bias against therapy and wouldn't wouldn't seek out a therapist for a variety of reasons. But that doesn't mean that if you find yourself stuck, especially if you're feeling a lot of the tension in your life coming from your job or your career, that you can't heal by working with a career coach or focusing on your career. You know, there's so many ways to go about it. And so I just love that you're able to bring in the piece underneath the actual change of the career, because you're still dealing with the shame and the worth and a lot of these concepts that would be dealt with in therapy, but you know, it's just a different way to do that. Um, and yeah. if somebody listening is, is sort of nodding their head and thinking, you know, yes, that's me. I'm, I'm stuck or I'm terrified of making a change or perhaps I don't think I can. Um, what is something that they might be able to do something easy, maybe even that they could take action on, you know, this week that might help them just to feel a little bit of sense of efficacy around, hey, I can have some some say-so in, in finding this alignment. Yeah. So one of the homework assignments, <laughs> I, 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 often love give, it. <laughs> I often give um, clients on the, the front end of our work is to create what I call a love like is missing list for their current job or their current career. So what do they love about their current career, their current job? What do they like? That falls kind of in that 20% of we all have to do some stuff we don't necessarily like, but it's just part of what we do, we have to do. You know, the 80% is the stuff we love and what is missing. So what is glaringly absent from what you currently do for work? Um, start there. Um, and then there's some pieces we can drill down into about what do you do with that? Um, and the other thing is to bring into this holistic notion of also not thinking that a job or capital C career is an all or nothing proposition. We can't just like in our spouse or a certain relationship, we can't meet all our needs in one person. We can't meet all our needs in one job or one career. So we have to assess is what's missing. Can I get that somewhere else? Or is it too missing from the total picture that I need to make a shift in career? Well, that's some that good advice. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I think so many people, both in relationships and career. Uh, I wouldn't say we have unrealistic expectations. I don't think it's my place to tell somebody what they should expect, but there is this sense of if this isn't working, it, I need to move on to something else as opposed to figuring out how you could piece together the bigger picture. Um, yeah. And so I love, I love what you're going with that. And it also sounds like really the place to start is the place where most of us start with most change, which is sort of, mindful awareness, clarity, you know, before you do anything, we have to get really, really clear about what it is that's going on. So just introspection. Yeah. Really, huh? yeah. yeah, absolutely. So reflection. And, and again, well, we don't like to do that because it makes us face those fears if we, if we do it and do it well. Um, so lots of times people come to me and say, can you help me on my resume? I'm like, sure. Mm -hmm. But we're going to do a whole bunch of steps before we get to that. Right, because right. You, you, you're wanting to work on your marketing document, but you don't know what story you're telling. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And what you said about nobody wants 
to do the inner work. You know, I think that's why we're so comfortable doing, because as long as we're doing, we're not stopping and being and listening for the true answer. And it's scary. Like I'm, when I say we, I mean, we, like I'm not impervious to this, but without that clarity, you know, I, you'll run around taking every job that, you know, maybe dangles the money in front of you and, and, your happiness is not on the other end of that. So I'm so glad that you're, you're making those points, you know, finding happiness and and being, well, happiness is a broad word, but being in alignment is something that I think most everybody would say that they would want, would, would move towards. And yet so many people are not in their career. I think that this is probably more common than not. Um, And I, I just, really encourage you if you're listening, just take time, just take a little bit of time this upcoming weekend, wherever you should be listening to this podcast. And just see if you can't do that one simple exercise that Maureen mentioned, because it truly is a matter of carving out the time for you. That is where the heart of self care lies. So um, yeah, we have great ideas, but if you don't do them, <laughs> they don't work. So really want to just kind of emphasize it can be really easy to think about doing something, but please carve out some time, put it on your calendar to go ahead and do that exercise. Um, yeah. Because on the other side of this is joy, right? I mean, your mm-hmm. your company yep. is all about joy. Um, yep. And I love that you bring that word into your, into your company because, you know, not everybody is going to relate joy to finding a career, you know, finding a job. So, um, and that's one of the things we want to do here on the podcast is make sure we're emphasizing that healing, whatever form that takes can be really fun and it can be full of joy because again, so many people, I think tend to think of it as a process and something that's arduous. So on that note, we tend to do a little bit of fun towards the end of the podcast. And we do a rapid fire round where we get questions that are going to allow the audience to just know you on a different level. Um, so does that sound okay to close? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. So just to know a little bit about you, if you had to pick, would it be American football or soccer or neither? So, so my first inclination would be to say neither. I'm a basketball groupie at heart. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but if I really had to pick, like you really pinned me down, um, I would have to say soccer because I got the chance to visit the Real Madrid um, stadium about 10 years ago. And it just has a special place for me. So soccer is really connected to that oh. experience. So, yeah. I know yeah. you would be so jealous. That I mean, I, I am a neither person. I don't follow any sports. But um I have a family full of soccer fanatics and they yeah. be very jealous of that experience. That is a big deal. Um, okay. Second one is what is your favorite holiday and why? So my favorite holiday is my birthday and I it's coming that. up. <laughs> it's coming up soon. Um, and it is because I don't think, and this is part of my healing journey too. I don't think we celebrate ourselves enough. We, I mean, I certainly didn't for the first 20 plus years of my life um, as I was rebuilding my self-esteem and again, working through my healing. Um, But for me, celebrating my birthday is I have the power over how I affirm and honor myself in that way. And again, it brings back this notion of honoring. I'm worthy just as I am. So let's Mm -hmm. celebrate birth. 
Um, I, and for me too, like I'm, a, I've become a big gratitude junkie, um, and really try to be intentional about being gra- grateful for the the small and the big. And for me, it's a, it's another way to say like that celebration is I got another year of life on this side of you know this realm, <laughs> um, oh and gosh. I got to do you know another year of doing what I love, living my purpose work. So so it's my birthday. That's the long answer to say. <laughs> You know, when I think of these questions, I truly am thinking of something interesting, maybe that I would want to know, but, but they're very random. And what's so interesting when I ask them is I always get these answers that usually surprise me and they really do hold little nuggets of wisdom, even though they seem like they're really surface questions. It's like my favorite part because I'm always a little bit um, taken aback. And when you said birthday, I was like, Oh, I don't think I would have thought of that, but that is such a cool answer. And I love every reason why that's, that's awesome. Um, and I do ask everybody this next question. And that is, uh, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 14 year old self? So I think, let's see, two things come to mind. One's a little bit of a cliche. <laughs> um, as okay. say. The, the, the notion that it gets better. So um, because my birthday is coming up. I'm about to turn 45. And if you had told my depressed 14 year old self <laughs> that at 44, I would be my happiest and healthiest that I'd ever been, I would have not believed you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. um, so it gets better. Um, and then two, what comes to mind, um, is not to waste time caring about what other people think particularly around our bodies. So I spent so much time and energy caring about what people thought of me and my body size and shape. Um, And that just really was a disservice to my self-esteem. And so, again, I've healed my way through that. Um, And and I don't ever think healing is done, so I'm not at the finish line by any means. But, you know, if we could teach our girls to love their bodies in particular, our young women, uh, men too, but, um, just, you know, don't waste one more second, whether you're 14 or right now, um, really caring about what other people think ultimately only matters what I think about myself. Sure. Oh, I love that. And you can preach that message from the mountaintops <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, but, um, that, like you said, we never stop he- healing and, none of us are at a finish line and we're not at that finish line either. So there's work to be done there, but I love that sentiment and I love that we're going to close out with that wisdom. Um, so speaking of your wisdom and all of the things you are bringing to the world, why don't you take a second and just tell the audience how they can connect to you and what do you have going on? Yeah. So, um, the easiest way to connect probably, um, is joyfullivingcoaching.com. Um, though I'm getting a makeover, so it'll be even more fabulous um, in a couple of months. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, if you would like to follow me on Instagram and Facebook, um, my Instagram is at Maureen Sweatman. Um, but I think you can also find it by the company name Joyful Living Coaching. And there's a Facebook page. And on both of those, I try to be really intentional about putting more joy in the world. Um, most of all, joy is really a part of my purpose work. And so um, I had a client earlier this year, kind of in the throes of all things 2020, say, I really enjoy following your social media. 
um, for the business because it gives me some joy scrolling in the midst of the doom scrolling. And so, um, so I'd encourage you, if nothing else, to connect with me on social, um, Joyful Living Coaching, um, for some joy what scrolling. What a compliment in a year like that. That is yeah. such, a, such a compliment, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we loved having you on the show. And thank you for sharing with us what you do in the world and your wisdom about how you can rethink the way you relate to your career and your job. And um, yeah, it was just a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Rebecca. I appreciate all you're doing and your purpose work too. Okay. Well, in closing, I want to go ahead and remind you of three things you can do if you should so choose. Number one is subscribe to this podcast. That way you can be in the know about all the new episodes we release as we release them. Number two is give this podcast a five-star review. If you like the episode and you feel we earned it. Our goal is to bring these conversations about emotional health and healing to more and more people. So we could use your help in telling more and more people about the show. The number three is do yourself a favor. Head over to my website, RebeccaClegg.com and download the free ebook all about finding and reclaiming balance in this world. And in these times, I don't know anybody that couldn't use some pointers on that. And as always, a huge thank you to Don and Claire, better known as the Ormwoods for donating their single Hope, Pray, Sing as the soundtrack for the Inner Alchemy podcast. You can check out their music and videos at their website, theormwoods.com. 